Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And also today, the Sports Map Radio Network. I'm joined, as always, by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, Jake Dicker. How are we doing, guys? The day after the draft. Fantastic. The Lakers had a wonderful day, if you're listening, <laughs> Lakers fans. Max Christie's top 20, 22 on my big board. Love the pick. Love the upside, too. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, it's bittersweet because this is really the last moment of the NBA season. <laughs> I mean, free agency, yes, but like television watching-wise, it was so bittersweet because I'm like, dang, now it's like four, three, four months, unless you count summer league, which yeah. you know counts because these guys will be there. But yeah, it's bittersweet moment. Yeah, I mean, good draft. I think I think the Magic got it right, which I know we'll get into later. Yeah, no, <laughs> no shot. The Magic got I know it Brandon, right. Brandon, Brandon, I'll go back and forth. That poverty before, orgs are going to be poverty I orgs. Think, I think they got it right. The guy just looks like a bust, bro. All right, we will touch on that and your um, hot takes, Brandon. I'll, uh, let's uh, before we get to. The um, headlines and today's headlines brought to you by Circus Sports. Circus Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Hit it, Buckets! All right, guys. Thursday's NBA draft was one of the most unpredictable in recent memories with the number one pick still in question minutes before the draft started. Let's start here. Who were your winners and losers of the draft? All right, so I'm going to go first, and I'll be quick because I know you guys have a lot of hot takes. The big winner, and I know Brandon will agree, the Detroit Pistons, and I'm really happy for them because I do want to see that franchise you know, play significant games. And then the loser, and the reason that they are the loser, are the New York Knicks. You, you can't punt when you have a, the 11th pick in the draft. I know they got future first-round picks, but come on, you need some help right now. So the big winner, Detroit Pistons. Big loser, Knicks. Yeah, Detroit Pistons have to be the biggest winner of the draft. Jaden Ivey was number one on my big board. I think he's by far the best player in the draft, has the highest superstar-type upside. He's basically a bigger John Morant. I mean, he's not as frail, you know, not as skinny, which means he probably prevents injury a little bit. Yes, his decision-making needs work, his three-point shooting needs work, and his defense needs work. But if you pair him with Kate Cunningham, which he will in the backcourt, then you got Jalen Duran in that Knicks trade, only giving up that Milwaukee first-rounder. I mean, Troy Weaver, what a master class by GM Troy Weaver, the Pistons there. This is going to be a backcourt that wreaks havoc on the Eastern Conference for years to come. Sorry to any other team besides the Bucks 
and the uh, Celtics or the Heat. I really think the Pistons are going to be that next elite team for three, four years down the road. I think they're even a threat to make the play-in this year. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Pistons, I think we're all in unison with them. Uh, I liked what the Pelicans did, Dyson yes, Daniels. Yes. And then EJ Liddell slips to them at, at 41, mm-hmm. I believe, which was nuts because he was like, you know, late first, early second, and he slips to them. And personally, I'm a big fan of Jeremy Sohan, and I like what the Spurs did. I Mm-mm. think we all, you don't like Sohan. No. Why well, has no offensive back, bro? I agree. But again, these guys are so I mean, young. but the Spurs will develop him. I think he'll be a good NBA player because the Spurs are a great organization. If he goes to like Orlando, he's never, he's like the worst player of all time right yes and in terms of losers you know i didn't understand so let me get this straight charlotte had the 13th and the 15th these things are very confusing to my brain so they they acquired for the for the 15th pick they acquired the milwaukee 2025 which is probably going to be like 25th or through 30th. So I didn't understand that deal. So they end up with Mark Williams, who I like, but honestly, out of him and Duran, I would have taken Duran and just held him. Um, and then they give up the, well, they gave up the 13th pick for the 2025 Milwaukee, which Milwaukee should be good in 2025. Yeah. So I didn't under, that's not equal value there. And Mitch Kupchak again strikes Mitch, again. <laughs> Mitch Kupchak is literally the reason why he's still the general manager of the Hornets is because Michael Jordan could take UNC. advantage of them. We talk about the Trojan family. There's that UNC connection. I mean, Mitch Kupchak has a job for life. He just signed a contract extension. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the heck is Charlotte Yeah, and he's probably the worst GM contract. in the league. I mean, LaMelo Ball literally fell to his lap. He would have taken whoever was left of Wiseman. Ball in Edwards. I have to say, I agree with you, Armani, on the Pelicans getting a Dyson Daniels at eighth overall. This is a contending team that really made, they could be a top five team in the West now, especially if Phoenix gets rid of DeAndre Ayton. The Pelicans now have a healthy Zion Williamson. He's looked jacked. Uh, hats off to him. He's laying off the cheeseburgers, as most people would say. Um, he's in great shape. I mean, that's not, like, no no offense. He looks like a legitimate athlete now, and he's obviously one of the best athletes in the NBA when he's in good shape. Then you have Brandon Ingram, who averaged 30 points per game after the CJ McCollum trade. He's going to have an amazing year. I expect him to be an all-star. And then, look, you got Herb Jones, Jose Alvarado, CJ McCollum, who's still putting up 20 to 25 points per game. And then you put in Dyson Daniels and EJ Liddell, one of the most NBA-ready players in the draft, 3 and D. Liddell's outlook looks better now that he can hit threes at a 36, 37, 38% rate. This Pelicans team is going to be legit next year. I think they're winners. And I'm going to say loser, Magic, and Jake knows why. Jake will disagree <laughs> well, with me. Well, hold up. Here's, here's the... the, the Usually with the draft, and yeah. like we get that tweet from Woj in the morning, and I'm kind of bummed because again you turned off your uh, Woj tweet uh, yes. things, and yeah. I get it. The thing that I loved about this draft is no one, including the sports books who took a bath, knew who the first pick was going to be. And generally speaking, that's not the case. And Jake was the first one to bring that up. Like, yeah. look at the line on the number one pick in Paolo, and you. So you thought Paolo would be the first pick in the draft. I and then you and, and then you wake up to that Woj tweet and you're thinking, oh shoot! Because again, generally speaking, he's right. He's not 100. Um, percent But I loved that that we did not know who would be the first pick in the draft. Well, I mean, for months it had been Jabari Smith yeah. as a minus 600, 800 favorite to go number one. And then for whatever reason, on Wednesday night, in a span of 45 minutes, he goes from 
being number uh, 600 minus 600 favorite to no longer being the betting odds favorite the sports book bancaro had jumped to minus 175 minus 200 at all the major books and then you wake up on thursday morning and there's a woge tweet that the first three picks are locked in smith's going one just a quick question was bancaro number two in the books before that or was he three three, oh, wow. three. by the way the sports books hate this i mean they want to as i mean they they don't want to take any wagers on this because they can't control it and they had so, to give jake a lot of money well i'm sure jake's very happy about that but I what do you get I, him at plus 1600 <laughs> i threw ten dollars on him at so plus he was he's not the high roller on, that on june 4th <laughs> But the sports books hate this because they can't control that. If Woj has a tweet, it changes the market completely. Yeah. And then Woj says, well, actually this. And like, we so, all love Woj and Shams and they do their best, but they're not 100% right. I mean, even yesterday throughout the day, when we sat down for the show yesterday, yeah. Jabari Smith was a minus 550 favorite. By the time we were halfway through the first <laughs> segment, he was down to minus 135. There's no game that has those kind of changes. It's crazy. And yeah. then he jumped back up to like minus 800, and then Wode comes on to start the NBA broadcast and says, he's in consideration, and, and within two minutes, they were both minus 115 on FanDuel. Um, but, I mean, Brandon said that the Magic were losers, and I'm going <laughs> to... I'm going to take his... I think the Rockets were winners. The Rockets got Jabari Smith at three. Oh, yeah. Potentially yeah. the best player yeah. in the draft. Got Tari Eason, one of the best defenders in the draft, at 17. And then took Ty Ty Washington at 29, a guy who I thought they could have taken at 17. So I love all three of their first-round picks. Um, my loser, I mean, we talked about the Knicks. And then we can also talk about the Nets, who didn't have a pick in their, in their own What about building. the Clippers? I didn't like the Debate But, like, pick. I don't think anyone was expecting much from them, right? I mean, I mean... I know, but, like, dude, they still had tons of great yeah. players on the board, and they yeah. take the defensive specialist, Diabate from Virginia. I just didn't get it. Let but. me ask you this, Brandon. With the guys that they have, you know, in terms of Cherry uh, West and guys like that, I mean, do you blindly trust them? Of or course, of course. I mean, Diabate is going to be good. I mean, maybe they do this pick because Hardenstein's leaving. I don't know, obviously. They don't trust Zubach a lot because, you know, he's been inconsistent and Hardenstein's been great, but has yeah. been in a lot of foul trouble. So I think they're losers too. But, you know, going off what Jake said, I don't think I get all this hate. Like people are like, oh, you don't, you, you, how do you not like Paolo? I like Paolo. I think he's the sixth to ninth best player in this draft. But when a team drafts the sixth to ninth best player in this draft at first overall, they lose the draft. I really, I like Paulo's up, uh, you know, like floor offensively. Can't play defense. Um, they call him T-Rex arms because his wingspan is way shorter than his <laughs> than his shot. I mean, yes, he could become a good defender and he's probably going to be good, but he's not going to be better than Shaden Sharp, Jabari Smith, Chet Holmgren, Jaden Ivey, or maybe even Dyson Daniels. Like, I just simply don't think so. And I'm getting a lot of hate for that, but I'm going to stand on it. I hope he proves me wrong. I hope Jake's right. But that's just what I get from evaluating him as a prospect. I mean, a team that we haven't talked about yet is Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, loser. Big time loser. <laughs> Huge oh my gosh. Draft. Sure, you get Keegan Murray, who's potentially, we talked about, the most NBA ready prospect in this draft. But I don't know how you can pass on Jaden Ivey at four. Could I, I just really say don't. my favorite uh, thing from that draft is that they showed who the Kings drafted and then the very <laughs> yeah. next pick. So that means Jaden Ivey's a Hall of Famer. Very next pick, Clay yeah, yeah, Thompson, yeah. Robinson. Next pick, Dame Lillard. We're going, we're going right back. Bagley, next years. pick, Luka Doncic. And then it's going to be the <laughs> same thing a, with Jaden Ivey. because be a little thing added to that graph. I'd be surprised <laughs> if Jaden Ivey doesn't average 20 points per that game. That is as crazy, a by the way, because it's one thing if you pick a guy and then 10 picks 
picks down. It's like, whatever. It's like the very next pick. Luka Doncic, Dame Lillard, Clay Thompson. Dude, the Kings are like the worst organization in basketball. This is what I was saying. No offense to Kings fans. People get mad at me that are Kings fans. They need to move to Seattle. They should not have a team. Everyone in the Bay Area should root for the Warriors. They should not have a basketball team. But guess what? They're going to keep it because there's an expansion coming and Seattle's going to get a team yeah. anyways. But like, this is a team that wants to what? Be ninth or 10th instead of 11th or 12th in the play-in? I don't get it. They, I, they just passed the Clippers for longest drought in postseason. Oh, and they're not getting yeah. there next yeah. year, yeah. especially if the Lakers are healthy. Yeah. Like, you think they're going to be better than the Jazz, Lakers, Suns, Mavs, you know? Close, yeah. Maybe playing. <laughs> they're not even going to make the playing, bro. Yeah, they're, they're bad. They're bad. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to be optimistic for them because, God, I can't even imagine being a Kings fan for this long and suffering for... There is eight playoff spots. Half of the teams make it, and you haven't made it in almost 20 years. Like, it's, it's almost statistically impossible to do that like it's really hard to do that yeah. it's a fascinating story of how they kept the kings i mean they were sold to a group in seattle they were going to move to seattle and then kevin johnson before he got into his mess kept the team there built a beautiful facility in downtown sacramento team's garbage though i mean they, the worst product worst product they have great fans great too. fans too they deserve a good do team. they have, i mean i i i haven't been to sacramento there's not a whole lot to Brandon's do in sacramento never met a kings fan Huh? I said you've never met. I met two, and they got really mad at me when I told them they should move to Seattle. <laughs> oh, okay. Then one thing we talked about yesterday, just in terms of the draft, with like the notifications and getting yeah. spoiled. Stay off your phone. That's one thing. Woj came on before the Knicks pick or the Kings pick at four and told us who they were taking on the broadcast. Yeah. No, he did that with he did that with Paulo right before Paulo was taken. He's like, yeah, the Magic are taking Paulo. You made, you're like yesterday. If I'm, it's like I'm watching yeah. a movie. <laughs> they really shouldn't the do that. And tell and, me that the main character is going to die before you watch this. Just let me watch Because I know for a fact that they've had this conversation with those guys before. Like, we're paying a lot of money to broadcast the draft. Allow the commissioner to go up there. And so what What he'll try to do on social, he'll be like, they're looking at, or they're... Yeah, they're but that means they're selecting them. Exactly. They're never wrong. But, like, Woj should really just allow the... Like, let, let us enjoy the draft. About it, if you want to tweet yeah. about it, one thing, I'll stay off my phone. But, like, there are definitely people making a conscious effort to stay away from the notifications. Don't yeah. come on to the broadcast <laughs> where they're announcing the picks and tell me what's about to happen. It's like you said yesterday, if you're watching a movie and the director cuts in right before a main season, yeah. hey, this main character's gonna die. <laughs> like, don't tell me that. Just let me watch the movie. I'm 100% in agreement. I might have missed it. Maybe um, they announced this, but I didn't realize Kemba Walker got traded until... Did they say that in the in the broadcast? Yeah, but guess That's what? Guess what? Briefly. So this, another win for Detroit. They're not going to have to pay him because yeah. they had a trade exception, mm -hmm. which means well over what the $9 million they would have had to pay him. So he basically is going in for free. He's not going to count well, toward the salary cap. Yeah, they're going to negotiate a buyout, and he doesn't count against the salary cap. So Detroit still has $43 million yeah. to really Don't make this a playoff Kemba, team. Man. Kemba's just getting thrown around the yeah. league. Lakers. Buyout, buyout, buyout. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't wish hey, that upon us. Anybody that gets bought out, I'm going to say Lakers. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. I, I, what I will say is a team we're not talking about enough. Another winner, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh, yeah. You get the second best player in the draft at two in Chet Holmgren, in my opinion. And he's going to be a star if you can have him put on weight. I mean, one of the most position, like one of the most gifted positionless players we've seen in a long time. But next year's guy is going to be just Chet Holmgren plus, 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 and Victor Wembanaya. But, and I know we'll get into that. But then you get both Jalen Williams, oh, yeah. who I said were both steals, one from Santa Clara.
Clara, who's a bigger Spencer Dinwiddie and can play defense, a 7-2 wingspan, by the way. And then the other Jalen Williams, who I said is like a Robert Williams III type defensive player. He's going to enter the league an amazing player. And you get all these other guys. I mean, look, Oklahoma City is going to be very good, very good Yep. soon. Uh Speaking of the NBA draft, the Lakers entered Thursday with no draft picks and finished the day with two players who were in Brandon's top 43 in Max Christie and Scottie Pippen Jr., the son of NBA Hall of Famer Scottie Pippen. The Lakers also added Sharif O'Neal, the son of Shaquille O'Neal. What did you think of the Lakers draft day considering that they started the day with no picks? It was fantastic. I mean, again, no expectations for them. And then they they have a solid haul there with two guys. Guys that I think will contribute and be a part of this team. Young players that have huge upside and Brandon's mock draft because I did read it prior to the draft. I felt very good about the moves. And again, you get a high second round pick, kind of like essentially a first round pick for a future second in cash. Great move. Listen, we can knock Rob Palinka, but for, for one day, I will say well done. Job well done, yeah, He was Rob in his Palinka. bag yesterday. Yeah. I was very surprised. And very rare do you see scouts and the executives agreeing on a pick. Um, you know, unanimously, he didn't even come in for a workout, I don't believe. They just interviewed him, yeah. and they didn't think he'd be there. I don't think anybody thought they'd be there. I don't even think the Lakers thought they could get up to 35th overall. He was in your top, overall. what, 20 to 25? Or? Yeah, I had him 20, 20th or 21st yeah. on my big board. I really think he has a huge upside. I think this is the... Like, if you're trying to get Ham to develop players like he's going to do with Taylor Horton Tucker, assuming Horton Tucker isn't in a Kyrie Irving trade, which he probably would if they do get Kyrie Irving, but then you have him develop a Max Christie who's 19, who showed the smoothness in his jumper, 83% from the line, shows a lot about his future on both ends of the floor, especially with his defensive versatility at six foot nine. I couldn't love this pick anymore, and he's going to bridge the gap when LeBron retires and you have Davis, then you're going to have Christie still on that roster who's probably going to become a very good MVP. NBA player. So you're building a core. I love it. Yeah. I'm a fan of his. Full disclosure, I hadn't seen any of him until five minutes before today's show. <laughs> but his skill set, it looks like it's going to translate to the modern NBA. 6'7", you just mentioned it, Brandon. Shooter, uh, good free throw shooter in college, although his his three-point numbers were yeah, down. Yeah. But so that he was 18, you know. Translates to the NBA. And then, um, I'm curious, do you guys think that he's going to see minutes in the rotation yes. at some point this season? Yeah. He has to. You think no? No, I said yeah. Oh, yeah, because, like, who are they going to sign that's why they got Scottie yeah. Pippen Jr. who's gonna play a lot of minutes too at the NBA level Scottie Pippen Jr. is NBA ready he was a junior at Vanderbilt he's gonna be the backup point guard probably right yeah and they play defense and they play like defense huge, both right? of these guys Max yeah. Christie's gonna be rotationally that's Rob Palenka said before free agency we need to get younger and better and that's exactly what they did yesterday did you guys see what uh, apparently Darvin Ham wants to do with Westbrook I know this is yeah, yeah. It's it's defensive no. first is he, they're it? basically <laughs> trying to get him to opt out of his player option it's yeah. hilarious <laughs> they're like wants Westbrook to go defense first defense first and not only that I read somewhere that they said they want him to be Gary Payton the second like opt out like oh we're gonna God. make your life a living hell if you, if you just this is great request a trade he's still gonna opt in though because 47 course, exactly. million versus like exactly like he had such a bad year last year he might have, if he opts out he might only get a veteran minimum contract like that's how bad Westbrook was last yeah. year yeah my, my favorite word to describe the entire Lakers day if you think about everyone they brought in is nepotism but we're not gonna, <laughs> but we're not gonna get into that um, we can't by the way I wanted them to continue with the uh with with, with Ju yeah, yeah like oh yeah. but Juzang 
thing, you know why Juzang didn't sign? Because they only had two two-way contracts. The other guy they picked was a sharpshooter, exactly. Swiddle, yeah, who's like similar that. to Austin Reeves like you know, from Syracuse. Oklahoma. But they, Johnny Juzang wanted a two-way um, NBA Max, deal. I, I like Max Christie a lot. We talked about him yesterday. He's a really smooth jumper. Around like 25, 26, I sent a list of like five guys that I'd be okay taking at 35 and like my with like my family group chat we were talking about the draft and he was one of those five guys I don't know how much I love it with Jaden Hardy still on the board um who I think is if he goes to college a top five pick in this draft he's one of I mean the perfect spot for him in Dallas where all he has to do is score which is I mean all he does well um but I think I think Christie's gonna play a lot of valuable minutes this year I think we're gonna I think you know he, he can shoot the ball he shot a little bit below what he was expected to at Michigan State this year from beyond the arc. So if you can tune that up a little bit, I mean, he's all we need, 3 and D type of guy that will come in and play good minutes as a you know rookie in the league. Can I ask one final question? Yeah. Johnny Davis in, in Washington, what do you think? Love it. I, I like it, it too. Perfect. I think Johnny Davis can be very good, especially if they get rid of Beal. He gets minutes right away. And real quick, I went down a YouTube Whole rub. Victor Wembayama. How do you spell it? Wembayama. Yeah, yeah, the I best prospects since LeBron like two James. Hours. I mean, I mean, just the way he like looks and the way he plays. I'm, I'm so fascinated by him. And again, the countdown has begun. Who will get the first pick next year? Probably the Thunder, but we'll, we'll see. Well, even the second pick was Scoot Henderson. Oh, I mean, man, this is a great draft next year. It's, it's, it's going to be incredible. All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by our good friend Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. When we return on the Mighty or 90 in Southern California, the fan in Las Vegas on the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California. 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, 95.1 FM and AM 760 in Hawaii. And the Sports Map Radio Network, just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Los Angeles, Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. Let's go out now to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline, Circa Millions, and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in Gary. Guaranteed prizes are back. Visit CircusSports.com for details. And here he is, our good friend, the man about town, Michael Duarte from KNBC4 in Los Angeles. Michael, how are you? Hi, Arash. Good morning. Thank goodness it is Friday. 
The long-awaited homecoming of Freddie Freeman to Atlanta is this weekend, as well as my preseason pick to lift Lord Stanley's Cup. The Colorado Avalanche are one game away, so it's a good sports weekend. I'm excited. A lot happening, Michael. Yes, uh, so Freeman, wait, so that game is back in the great state of Georgia, right? Atlanta, that's right, where you and I like to hang out there at Atlanta Live and go to Waffle House and uh, just enjoy the scenery that is. Uh, around that new stadium out there in Cobb County. Exactly. Okay, so before we talk about that, let's get to last night's uh, draft. The Lakers begin the day with no draft picks, Michael, but they finish with uh, two pretty well-received well, you know, well re- well received prospects, including Max Christie. Your thoughts on the uh, draft last night? Yeah, so first my thoughts on the draft overall. You know, there was a lot of talk that Chet Holmgren, the big seven-footer, uh, out of Gonzaga would go number one. He ends up going number two to the Thunder. I'm not very high on him. I like the fact that the Magic went a different route and went with Paolo Banchero out of Duke. Uh, I watched him uh, during their run to the Final Four. I thought he was great. Uh, the Rockets got another good young player in Jabari Smith. They're going to be pretty good here. Uh, we know with Jalen Green in the coming years. And then I really liked what the Pistons did drafting Jaden Ivey, so it kind of round out the top five there. But now we go to what the Lakers did in, in drafting Max Christie, a guy they didn't even have uh, on their original workout list. So a guy that we weren't able here in the media in Los Angeles to be able to, to see workout or interview afterwards. Whereas uh, some of these guys that they signed undrafted, and we'll get to those guys next, they did work out with the Lakers, uh, and they end up signing two-way deals and going undrafted, talking about some guys with some famous fathers. But before I get to that, Arash, Max Christie, uh, a guy out of Illinois, just like Taylor Horton Tucker. So I guess they like these products from Illinois. Uh, he was a McDonald's All-American, a great high school player. Uh, he shoots over 40% from the three-point line, which is what they need. They need shooting. And, of course, Arash, he went to Michigan State. So you know Magic Johnson's <laughs> going to love him. Uh, but that also brings that toughness, grit, that tenacity that comes with going to Michigan State and, and the Big 12, uh, similar to Big 10, you know. But similar to like uh, a Draymond Green type, I guess, a little bit, only a better shooter. And funny fact, Tom Izzo played Max Christie more minutes than any freshman in Michigan State history. More than Jaron Jackson Jr., more than Miles Bridges in recent years. Uh, I know one GM said he had the best workout for his team than he'd ever seen as far as his basketball IQ and being able to shoot the ball from deep. So those are some exciting things, but he's only 19 years old. Uh, he probably could have waited and, and gone to school one more year and maybe been a top 10 pick. So this is someone the Lakers are going to have to develop. Uh, but he could be pretty good, uh, you know, three, four years down the road. And then finally, the what you want to talk about, Scottie Pippen Jr. and yeah. Sharif O'Neal, Baby Shaq, both with the Lakers. <laughs> That's going to be exciting to watch them play in summer league coming up. They also got a sharpshooter and Cole Swinder out of Syracuse. Again, finally getting shooting around LeBron and AD, which is what this team needs. Yeah, Michael, um, I love the Max Christie pick as well. I had him ranked as my 21st overall prospect on my big board. I really thought someone would steal him in the first round. This is a guy with huge upside, 6'9 wingspan, can turn into a very good defensive player as well. We know he's going to be a good shooter. Free throw percentage says it all. I know he didn't shoot well at Michigan State his freshman year, but tenacity, and he will bring minutes right away. I truly believe that. Same with Scottie Pippen Jr. I think they're going to give him minutes right away. This is an NBA-ready guard. I wanted to ask you about your favorite players in the draft, other than the guys you mentioned, Jaden Ivey, um, Ch- uh, not Chad Holmgren, but Paulo Banchero and uh, Jabari Smith Jr. Were there any sleepers that you really like other than, you know, Christie and the guys you mentioned? You know, early those were kind of the guys. And then because the Lakers didn't have a, a top 
first round pick or a top 10, 15 pick, you know, and the Clippers didn't have a pick either. I really wasn't looking around the middle of the draft to see where value is. And to your point, yeah, I know Max Christie was a lot higher on guys' draft board. So like I mentioned, Brandon, he didn't even get uh, a workout with the Lakers because I don't think they ever thought they would get him. In fact, uh, they did work out guys in that 35 to 40 range thinking that they would uh, maybe be able to get somebody there if they were able to trade in and grab someone, a guy like Ryan Rollins, for example. Uh, Vince Williams Jr., I know, worked out with them. So there were guys who, who worked out uh, with them that they thought maybe late second round. So I think they were excited uh, that Max Christie fell to them. And, and you mentioned his three-point shooting percentage at Michigan State. Not high, but I believe uh, his 35 shots from from mid-range and from the three-point line were the most, uh, you know, by a freshman in, in history, in school history there at Michigan State. So he still shot the ball uh, well, I suppose, not percentage-wise, but just in making his shots. But, you know, I was also watching some some USG guys. I like that Isaiah Mobley uh, went late to the Cavs. Now they have two Cavs there. They have both Mobley brothers uh, with Cleveland, so that's going to be pretty interesting for them. Those were kind of the names that I was following uh, and the guys that I like to see. For sure. And Michael, I love that you brought up uh, Sharif. I actually played AAU basketball with him for four years. I really like his upside as a player, 6'10", with a jumper. I know the last couple seasons he dealt with heart issues, playing time issues, not being in the right system, trying to get his mojo back. I really like this as an upside pick. I know he's not ready for the NBA, but once he gets some development, this is a guy that has all the tools to succeed at the NBA level. Would you agree? I'm not sure. I need to see more of him. You know, I actually agree with Shaquille O'Neal, uh, who, according to Sharif himself in our uh, post-workout media availability with him, did not want him to come out of school and declare for the NBA draft. He wanted him to go back to LSU, but it didn't seem like, you know, following in the footsteps of his famous father and, and going to LSU to play his college ball was the, the smart decision for him. Uh, as you said, he struggled with playing time, struggled trying to get there. Maybe a transfer to somewhere. I know he had originally wanted to go to UCLA. Maybe that would have given him more opportunity. I would have liked to see him get a little more seasoning in the collegiate level uh, before coming out and getting drafted. But look, the Lakers have the the legendary history of big men uh, and the av- availability to develop Sharif O'Neal if he's willing to do that. We're talking about guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, his father, obviously, uh, guys that can come in and really help uh, tutor and teach Sharif O'Neal so that you know he may become a, a good NBA player one day. There's a lot of upside to him, like you mentioned. Um, I don't know what goes beyond this summer league contract they have with him. Maybe they'll be able to sign him to like the G League South Bay team uh, and let him kind of grow and develop there. But if he's willing to put in the work, you know, years down the road, it could be a high pick. Michael, thank you as always for joining us. In terms of This past week in the NBA, we've heard so many rumors surrounding the Nets, specifically Kyrie Irving and his um, potential trade or signing to one of the two L.A. teams. Do you think that that's a possibility? And do you think the Lakers would be a good fit for him? Because I'm assuming the Lakers are more realistic than the Clippers. But if you if you disagree with that, you can also chime in on that as well. Well, that's an interesting way. This is Armani, right? Yes. Yeah, this is it's an interesting way to describe it. Um, on its surface, I think the Clippers are a higher favorite and have a higher uh, probability of getting Kyrie Irving than the Lakers, just because the Lakers don't have the cap space availability to get him. Uh, it's doubtful that Brooklyn would want to just trade for Russell West straight up. Uh, I don't think 
Kevin Durant would be looking forward to that reunion at all. So you would need a third team to facilitate any deal that would involve Russell Westbrook and then Kyrie Irving eventually going there. I mean, if Kyrie wanted to leave $30 million on the table and sign a $6 million mid-level exception to join the Lakers, okay, sure. I just don't see Kyrie Irving doing that, especially after losing uh, almost $20 million by sitting out half the season because of his vaccination status. Uh, this this most recent NBA season, I think there's a lot of posturing and there's a lot of leaking information to the media from Kyrie Irving's camp going on, trying to uh, leverage his value, trying to make it seem like there are teams interested in him, like the Lakers, like the Miami Heat, like the Knicks, like the Clippers, the teams that we've been hearing mentioning, so that uh, the Nets maybe get a little more uh, encourage light a fire under them to potentially offer him this extension that he's looking for to finally get paid. I think that's where you're hearing these names. Uh, however, there was uh, a story written on Bleacher Report uh, by a good friend of mine, Eric Pincus, who I always call, you know, like the capologist. He knows everything about the NBA salary cap and how things work. He believes that the Oklahoma City Thunder, who have until the end of June to spend $34 million in cap space, would be a great place to absorb a guy like Russell Westbrook. And then they have some contracts they want to move away from, like Mike Muscala, for example. And then they have a pick uh, or a player in Lou Dort uh, who is getting interest from some teams in the NBA if they wanted to move him, including Brooklyn. So there's a way if Oklahoma City Thunder were to get involved, and they would have to get involved here in the next week, uh, then that cap space is gone, and then the teams that you could work with as far as taking on Russell Westbrook shrink. Uh, so if they're, and again, we know that Russell Westbrook uh, was drafted Thunder. He's beloved there. Uh, potential reunion for him there could be good. Maybe uh, he knows the city. He knows the area. Uh, the Thunder know him. He comes off the books after a year. So if the Oklahoma city Thunder were to get involved, if Kyrie were to demand a trade, for example, to LA uh, opt in and then get traded, uh, or sign an extension with the Lakers and do a sign-in trade. That's a way for him to come. It's a way for the for Brooklyn to get something out of it, probably a draft pick and a guy like Lou Dort, maybe another guy. And then that trade could work. That could be something I could see. As far as your first question, which is like how he would fit in with the Lakers, you know, I, I don't know if Kyrie fits in with any team, to be honest with you. He's just kind of like that outside-the-box thinker. Arash knows because Arash was the one famously out there who, who broke and shot the Earth is Flat story at the All-Star break with Kyrie. So that kind of speaks to him. But moreover, he's played with LeBron James. LeBron James has been talking highly of him here in the past few years. I think LeBron would prefer Kyrie Irving over Russell Westbrook. I think Lakers and all of Los Angeles would prefer Kyrie Irving for three-point shooting ability and playmaking ability uh, over Russell Westbrook. Uh, I just don't know. His availability, that's the most important thing in this league. The most valuable thing is your availability. And if this is a guy who, with his mental health issues, likes to take games off and stuff, how that's going to be perceived here in Los Angeles if you were to get there. Michael, I have one uh, follow-up question for that. I've been looking for the Lakers vaccine status, if Kyrie would be required to get it. Do you know if, if he would need to get it to play in the in the home games? I heard a rumor that he already did get it, which is oh, interesting wow. after the season ended. Um, I'm not sure if he has said it at himself and come out, but I have heard reports that he did indeed get it. Okay. Um, but I think with the, with the tier that we're in here in Los Angeles, they've been lax on uh, originally. Yes. Uh, the rule that was in place in New York where he couldn't play for the home games was also in place 
in Los Angeles for guys who are unvaccinated for home games. I believe now that we've fallen out of certain tiers, both those rules have been lax. So as of right now, uh, unless we were to see an increase in hospitalizations and cases and things kind of got crazy, as of now, Kyrie would be able to play even if he was still unvaccinated. Hey, Michael, Jake Dicker here. Thank you for joining us. I guess the NBA draft really puts a bow on the NBA season for me. And around this time each year is when I personally start looking at the MLB trade deadline and where I know the Dodgers don't have any glaring holes, but is there anywhere where you think that they could really look to improve and bolster either the rotation or the back end of the bullpen or pick up a bat um, come trade deadline? Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. And, you know, hopefully the Dodgers end up making, you know, just as many moves as the New York Knicks did on, on NBA draft day with all the crazy moves that they made. I'm not even sure what they ended up happening, but they get rid of Kemba Walker's contract, which is, I know, something that they wanted. So, uh, you know, it's interesting because the Dodgers just come off this three game sweep of the Cincinnati Reds. And uh, they've now won seven straight uh, against the Reds this season. They finish off that season series. But obviously the Cincinnati Reds are the worst team in the National League. Uh, they've been absolutely awful this season, so you would expect that. Uh, the good news is they got all seven games. The bad news is they don't play them again the rest of the way, so they need help. But one of the guys, and we're talking about Luis Castillo, the starting pitcher who uh, the Dodgers faced in that series in Game 2, that is a guy I think that they were targeting. That is a starting pitcher I think that the Dodgers would love to have if he's available. Uh, a guy like Frankie Montas, who used to be with the Dodgers very shortly uh, before he was traded to the Oakland A's famously to go get Rich Hill. And we all know that that was a success for the Dodgers. He's a guy that might be you know, interested in having a reunion with the Dodgers. So to answer your question, and you can hear with my answers, uh, frontline starting pitching uh, is an area of need. Uh, I think that is what they do. Uh, at the trade deadline, no matter what, whether it's a frontline name like the names I just mentioned to you in Castilla and Montas, uh, or if it's a, maybe a lower tier level guy, maybe just a back end rotation guy that can help get them through the season, um, you know, before maybe a guy like Danny Duffy is able to come back, things like that. So I think starting pitching is at the forefront of Andrew Friedman's plan uh, at the trade deadline. And also, I think potentially uh, a reliever or two, uh, especially with all the injuries that have happened to the bullpen though so far this season so i think that's where they look at some people said maybe they need a bat with mookie out i, I think mookie's injury is going to be shorter than people think so i don't think they necessarily go out and get a bat i think they're they're fine and happy with the lineup knock on wood nobody uh gets injured for the rest of the season or anything so uh, i think starting pitching and uh relief pitching is two places the dodgers will look at the deadline michael one more for me i know the dodgers are with the Mookie injury, uh, trying to kind of figure out who's going to play outfield, whether it's Eddie Alvarez, uh, Gavin Lux. I saw that they had uh, given uh, Miguel Vargas a start out in left field, out in Oklahoma City. What have you heard on that end, and you know what impact do you think he could have if he gets the call? Yeah, correct. You know, I like the move to go get Trace Thompson temporarily, though I know a guy like Lorenzo Kane was DFA'd and available. Maybe it was just one of those things where the timing had it been maybe a week prior would have been perfect for the Dodgers going and getting it out like Lorenzo Cain instead of Trace Thompson. But instead, they go bring back Trace Thompson, who so far in right field, the limited time he's played in Cincinnati, looks as agile as a leopard in the jungle. I mean, he's been looking great out there uh, as far as the ground he can cover in right field. So I like that kind of temporary Band-Aid that they can put on the Mookie Bet situation other than having a United States Olympic speed skater in right field who's never played the position and, and you know, struggled mightily uh, in that Sunday day game uh, to finish up their most recent series here. So uh, I like that move. Yes, you're right. Miguel Vargas was 
placed in left field in uh, AAA Oklahoma City, his very first start in the outfield ever. They are trying to give him some run there. We know the Dodgers like Swiss Army knives and guys that can plug and play at any position. So having Miguel Vargas out there, uh, at least trying to learn and get better, similar to what they did with Gavin Lux last year, uh, is an advantage to them. But the reason why they're doing this is because Miguel Vargas is on the 40-man roster. They don't want to necessarily have to cut or DFA anybody right now. That's going to be a decision that's going to happen to some of these guys as uh, some of these guys come off the 60-day IL later down the road, like guys like Edwin Rios, Walker Bueller. When those guys eventually have to come back, uh, they are going to have to DFA some of these guys. So being able to have Miguel Vargas get some run in the outfield now uh, potentially could help them probably not in the short term, but maybe in the long term, if something like this were to happen again, because he's on the 40 man roster. Uh, so yeah, I, I do see potentially down the road, him coming up and going into the outfield if need be. Yeah. Michael, last question here. We only got a minute and a half left. I uh, wanted to ask about the angels. I know they, this is kind of like a win now type team because Otani is going to be a free agent in 16 months. Mike Trout has obviously been mad, not making the playoffs they need desperately better starting pitching. They've dealt with injuries, bad signings. What do they need to do now, like seven games back at the Red Sox, to get into that last wild card spot and make a run? Because if they don't, don't you think that Otani's as good as gone? I don't know if he's as good as gone. I think the Angels, though, making the playoffs right now are you know possibly more of a stretch than a fat man in ski pants, to be honest with you. Uh, right now, they're struggling, and they have the MVP and the last week that Shohei Otani has shown knocking in eight RBIs and then striking out 13 batters 24 hours later. No one has seen that ever uh, in major league history. Uh, Babe Ruth never did that. Guys that were other previous two-way players never did anything like that. So you're right. We're watching Shohei Otani in his prime. We're watching Showtime. We're watching Mike Trout still in his prime uh, and the window for the angels to make the playoffs and make a run is starting to close. But you're talking about a team that went on this 14-game losing streak, fired their manager, uh, have not been able to really right the ship with the interim manager and Phil Nevin. Um, So it doesn't look good. I just saw a recent uh, betting odds out of Vegas. The Angels are not favored to make the postseason right now, and I kind of agree with that, to be honest with you. Um, But uh, is Shohei Otani going to walk if they don't? Probably not. I think Artie Marino is going to back up the bus and give him anything he wants. We've seen he's proven to do that. Uh, and if Shohei Otani's happy uh, in Orange County, then I think he stays with the Angels and takes this massive contract that Artie Marino offers, and the Angels can uh, remain in this purgatory place of being you know, good enough to kind of compete for those wild card spots, but not good enough so far with this team and with the pitching staff they have uh, to, to make the postseason and make a deep run. And, you know, I just talked about this recently. Reed Detmers, the guy that threw the only solo no-hitter in uh, Major League Baseball right now, was just sent back down to, to AAA into the minors. So that kind of tells you where the Angels are at, you know, and just their, their inconsistency this season. A guy that throws a no-hitter that's been heralded and everything great is now pitching in yeah. AAA for them. It, I mean, it is nuts to have two transcendent talents like that and be absolutely have no chance to make it to the postseason. Haven't won a postseason game since 2009. Michael, you are the best. Thank you so much. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. 
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hustle for the cash, so it's hard to knock it. Everybody got their own thing, currency chasing. Worldwide through the hard times, worrying faces. Shed tears as we bury brothers close to heart. What was a friend, now a ghost in the dark. Hard part about it, brother got smoked by a fiend. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.